0: Welcome to the SOAR Community Network Podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose and let us SOAR together Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Mali Panpidit, and today we have Dr. Maria Nemeth with us. She helps purpose-driven people everywhere see their greatness and bring it all to life. Designed and refined over decades of work with people all over the world, her Luminous Life Method turns timeless wisdom into practical skills, that have helped tens of thousands to live and serve with clarity, focus, ease, and grace. As founder and director of the Academy for Coaching Excellence, she has trained thousands of people worldwide in nonprofit, for-profit, and governmental sectors. She is an expert in leadership excellence, personal professional development, and financial empowerment, whose work has been featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show. A lifelong agent of social change, Maria has contributed in areas such as civil rights, racial justice, women's empowerment, health and human services, LGBTQ rights, and climate justice. Maria is the author of two highly acclaimed books, The Energy of Money, available in five languages. And its follow-up, Mastering Life's Energies, both of which have given people everywhere a way to begin putting success principles into immediate practice in their lives. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: I am thrilled. Thank you, Molly.
0: You're so welcome. Well, you consider entrepreneurs to be the true heroes in our culture, I'd love for you to elaborate on that uh, thought process. Why do you believe this to be the case?
1: Oh, well, um, in, in working with people over the past uh, five decades, it, it turns out I've, I've been doing this work with people for uh, over 50 years. I, I like to joke with people and tell them I was a child prodigy when I started. But <laughs> uh, but uh, in, in working with people, thousands and thousands of people, uh, entrepreneurs... These are the people who, um, they are, are really continually living from their purpose. They are wanting to make a difference in the world in some way. And the real essence is that if they, if they want to have fish tonight, for example, they have to catch it today in the morning. When you're an entrepreneur, there's nothing you can fall back on. There's no corporate structure that can uh, take hold when you're not doing what, what you want to be doing. You have to be front and center. And it's an incredibly powerful stand that you're taking when you're an entrepreneur. Now, when you see entrepreneurs in that way and ask them, what is your mission? What is your vision? I know that your organization deals a lot with that. Uh, and you see that, Once they can see it very clearly, their eyes light up. They really have a sense of purpose. So that's what the hero's journey is all about. Wanting to make a difference, going out, having an adventure, saying yes, even when you don't know how you're going to be able to do something, and producing tangible results in the world. Mm. So for me, Entrepreneurs, you know, they have the dark nights of the soul where they're worried about, can I continue to do what I'm doing? And they also have those glorious moments when they see that they are making a difference.
0: Well, I really love, love that concept because as you mentioned, you know, at the SOAR Community Network, uh, even the word SOAR stands for see, own, articulate and release and you asked me prior to this interview, just to just in one or two sentences, to tell you who I am. And I said to you that my purpose in life was to help every soul sent to me, see, own, articulate, and release their unique mission into the world. I bring that up because here we work with businesses and, and entrepreneurs who really want to leave a legacy behind through their business. So it's not just about success today, it's about all of the generations that follow who will benefit from the work and the passion that they put forth. So in that um, legacy is such an important part of our mission, I really appreciate you saying that. Now let me ask you this, as a hero goes through the journey of becoming a hero, how do you work with those that have come to you and help them uncover what is their legacy? What is their purpose? What do they want beyond today? Um, what have you found
1: to well, work what best? I, yeah, what I've, what I've really found to work best is, first of all, um, to ask a couple of questions. The first one is, uh, would it be okay with you if life got easier you know, (laughs) because sometimes heroes become so driven, you know, entrepreneurs become so driven. They think they have to do everything today. So they, uh, they rush around doing a lot of things, but you know, at the end of the day, the question is when we put our heads on our, our little pillows at the end of the day, can we truthfully say that I, I did something of substance to bring my mission and vision forward. So one of the first things I like to talk with people about are the, the things that really make up success. Because I've found, Molly, that when people see the true nature of success, they become very interested in discovering how to bring that about in their own lives. And um, so the first thing we do is have people look at this definition of success, which is that you're doing what you said you would do consistently with clarity, focus, ease, and grace. You see, a lot about being successful is just waking up to some principles that have been guiding us for millennia, some wisdom traditions. And one of the things that we do at at our academy and, and what my work is all about is is taking these wisdom traditions and distilling them down into their essence and asking, how can I put that particular tradition, that particular principle, into my life? Because I I have an intellectual understanding, but an understanding without a path for action is is useless. Mm -hmm. So it, it comes about first when we articulate what wisdom traditions have shown us about the true nature of success. And, um, if you want me to go into them, I, I will. But the, the first thing that, that we do with people is have them wake up, number one, to, um, their own hero's journey, waking up to what's really important to them. We have many different methods for doing that. And then having done that, how am I going to put this into physical reality? Because so many of us stay in the visionary realm, you know, and, and we have these ideas and dreams and vision, especially when we're entrepreneurs. That's one of the reasons we become entrepreneurs. But always the question is, all right, given that you have it, how are you going to put it into practice? And that's where the definition of success comes in, which we can even look at now or, or later if you wish.
0: We'll go into that in, in a few minutes because I do want to ask about um, how your successes have, have shaped you and then we can share that as well. One thing that I also would like to ask is after five decades of doing this work and many more years of, of, of being a part of Mother Earth, what challenges have you faced in your own life or business? that has shaped you and made you well-prepared
1: to do this work today? Well, um, a couple of things. Um, The major challenge was learning how to listen to my voice of wisdom. Many, many years ago, I uh, was the victim of a Ponzi scheme, you know, like one of those Bernie Madoff schemes where you you, you give money because the person says you're going to make a lot in return, mm-hmm. and and really you come to find out that it really is too good to be true. And I remember um, when I deconstructed why it was that I willingly played along with this scheme um, and lost thirty five thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars, which many many years ago was a lot, a lot of money. I mean, today it's a lot of money, but you can imagine 35 years ago, it was really a lot of money. Yes. But the question became, what am I listening to inside of me? Am I listening to my voice of wisdom or am I listening to something which I later was able to distinguish out as uh, what the Buddhists call monkey mind, mm-hmm. which is that aspect of the mind that is always chattering at us as it swings from doubt to to worry and back to doubt again. And I saw really, uh, as I did deconstruct this, like, what was my part in the matter? You, do, do I want to go throughout my life being a victim of this and having a victim story? Or am I willing to have it be a wake-up story? And I discovered that at the moment, Molly, at the very moment that I was signing that $35,000 with zero, zero over a hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. and a line so that he couldn't cash it for more. <laughs> right. Because I was not a fool. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there was this v- little voice of wisdom inside of me that said, Maria, uh, this really isn't a good thing. Don't do it. But what overwrote uh, that was this monkey mind, which is, you better do it, because he told you that if you don't grasp for this, he's going to take it to someone else who's going to do it, this deal, you want to get in, uh, you don't want to be left out. I mean, it was all these incredibly limiting internal conversations that I literally became beguiled with. And listening to that, listening to that, is when I signed the check Mm. and, of course, lost all the money. And that began my own transformative journey in many, many ways of waking up because I knew, Molly, if I didn't wake up to my own inner voice, I was going to continue to do these year after year after year, becoming very bitter, becoming very righteous, and becoming poor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that, for me was the first time and, and years later, I was able to see that, that moment as painful as it was because I, I uh, actually borrowed that money from an in-law at 10 and percent because the man to whom I gave this money said I'd earned 32% on my investment, which was of course nonsense. But in the, in the, in the years that I was earning this money back to pay my in-law, uh, I, I, was, I became thankful that it was only $35,000. Because if I hadn't seen this discrepancy between my voice of wisdom and my monkey mind, I could have gotten into much more trouble than that.
0: Right. I love that perspective. I love that perspective. It was only (laughs) $35,000, which at the time was a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So, Mm, mm, mm. and once you had that clarity, I mean, how did you, how did you even get to the place where you knew and understood that something was wrong and you didn't want to do that again? Was that many years after or was that immediately when you signed that check?
1: No, actually, it it came about six months after when I finally saw that I had lost the money. Got it. You know, like, nope, Maria, you are not going to see that money ever, ever again. At, At that point, Molly, I began to think, you know, there are other people who have gone through real difficulties in their relationship with money. I'm not alone. I want to wake up. I bet you there are other people who want to wake up. I'm going to start a program. I'm going to call it You and Money. A possibility becomes reality. And I went to 22 of my girlfriends and I said, look, be in this course with me. At that point, you know, I'd been leading lots of seminars and courses, but never never something like this. And I told them, I said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but if you enter this with me, my promise is that we're going to wake up. You know, it has to start with a promise, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, a bold, this shall happen. And um, I, I developed a seminar, and the interesting thing about it was that I started off with, what is it that we do not want to know about our relationship with money? What is it that we'd pay someone else to handle rather than having to look at it ourselves? What is our most embarrassing time with money? I mean, I started asking these questions that were so uncomfortable, but we had to root out where we were listening to this, which what I later found was called monkey mind. I I, At the time, I called it just your negative voice. But um, we, you know, I, we started and people started having breakthroughs, Molly, in their relationship with money. And at the time, I was also uh, an associate clinical professor at UC Davis Department of Psychiatry. And as a clinical psychologist, I had my own private practice. But over the years, I began to be more and more interested in the seminar, less in those other two parts of my career. And then started devoting my life to what will it take to have people wake up initially in their relationship with money. But then it became in all areas of of our life because the minute we see clearly where we are and we see clearly what our values and, and our mission is, we begin to hear from our voice of wisdom about the next step to take. Mm.
0: It's a perfect uh, segue into the next question, or the next ask, which is, can you give an example in your own life of a powerful transformative moment or life lesson that really has helped you understand
1: what success looks and feels like for you? Yes, and I had thought long and hard about talking about this one, Molly, but because it's so embarrassing, but I figure, (laughs) I figure I may as well talk about it. A number of years ago, oh dear, it must have been 16 years ago anyway, I was a uh, guest speaker at the National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine if you can imagine that title, um, in at uh, Hilton Head. And I flew in the night before I was to make this, um, you know, it was going to be in front of about 350 people in my breakout. And there I was. Uh, I knew that the seminar was going to start in an hour, and I was up in the room where all of us could lounge, all the speakers. And you know, I was in my sweats, you know, and my hair was a mess, didn't have any makeup on. I was eating my oatmeal, just so proud of myself because I had so much time to prepare. And, uh, all of a sudden the, 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 director of the conference comes barging in this, this, uh, our room. She says, Maria, where are you? What's happening? And I said, well, what, what's, what's wrong? She said, your seminar started 10 minutes ago. Oh my gosh. We've been looking for you. Well, it turns out that I hadn't properly set my time clock from California to, uh, to Hilton head to the East coast. And it was like this worst thing you could ever think of in your whole (laughs) life. You know what I'm saying? And I, dashed out of the room, got in the elevator immediately. Now you've got a picture. I've got these dark green baggy sweats. I have, my hair is a mess, no makeup. Uh, I have um, my, my uh, running shoes on. I look terrible. And uh, interestingly enough, now that I'm thinking about it with you, I was going to discuss the hero's journey. And I said to myself, look, I can focus on my feelings of of being mortified and embarrassed, or I can look to see how what I'm going through can benefit others. You know, I can either show up as my complaints or my contribution here. I can focus on myself or I can focus on serving. And, And so I began to look at What would turn out if I went with one way or the other and I decided, I, you know, embarrassing as it is, I'm going to focus on service and what I can learn from this and what the audience can learn from it as well in terms of the hero's journey. So here I am walking in, 350 people, absolutely silent. You can hear a penny drop. (laughs) I'm walking up through the middle, okay, the middle aisle. They're looking at me who is this woman? I get up to the stage, and as they're micing me, I turn to the audience and I say, have you ever had one of those dreams where you were going to give a talk in front of these wonderful people and you showed up looking like this? And, of course, they laughed. And right from then and there, I turned it into, because I was more interested at that moment it's like we have a choice Mm -hmm. i'm going to be embarrassed or i'm going to make a difference here and i turn the whole thing into the hero's journey and what happens on the journey and the obstacles that the heroes go through and and at that moment the minute you hit smack dab into an obstacle what are you going to focus on and uh well yeah And, and, and you you know I actually wrote about that in my in my second uh, my third book Mastering Life's Energies. And a number of years later this woman emailed me and said, "Maria, I was one of those people. I just read your book. And I was one of those people when when you did that." And she said, "I absolutely remember that. It was transformative in my own life." So, the bottom line for me is this When you and I, Molly, are more interested in service than almost anything else, that we want to see people have the life they want, no matter if we're selling a product or some kind of a a service or whatever it is, when we focus on serving others, the whole universe uh, starts to align around us. And we see that the things that we thought were terrible become the, 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 the stepping stone for our, our transformation into the next level. And that's what it was like for me, because during that whole conference, everybody was coming up to me and laughing and, gee, I'd like to have your card, I'd love you to coach me, I'd like to hear more about your program it was all about that. And I, I it was, a, it was amazing to me. So there you have it.
0: Wow. And you asked me before we pressed uh, record for this interview in a few sentences, tell me more, tell you more about me and what you stand for. So my question back at you is what do you stand for? <laughs> and how does this relate to what you do and who you are in the world, and what do you want your legacy to be?
1: Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm going to answer it in two ways. The, the first is I my promise, my promise is that whoever seeks me out or seeks out the programs at our academy for coaching excellence that if they take the tools that we've used they will live a life in which at any moment they can say to themselves you know i am doing exactly what i came here to do (laughs) because that is what i want for people You know, we work hard, we we worry about ourselves, we worry about our families, our community, our, our country, and it basically, down deep in our heart and soul, can we say to ourselves each and every day, I'm doing exactly what I came here to do? Because if you can answer that question, yes, the people around you are doing very well. Because what we've all come here to do in life has to do with service, has to do with contribution, has to do with making the world a, a, a little better place uh, than, than before we were, were here. And so my, my whole life has been geared around giving people practical, practical and pragmatic tools that they can use in order to bring about this realization, I'm doing exactly what I came here to do. That intense satisfaction. I think that is the light that will uh, drive worldwide, worldwide contribution, worldwide uh, transformation. It's a
0: beautiful vision I have in my head of that. <laughs> We touched upon earlier success. You told your success story, uh, but we also talked about the definition of success and what it might mean to others and how they might uncover what success and legacy means for them. So what does success really mean to you? And if you would share words of wisdom, uh, personal advice to our audience who, by the way, happen to be a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners and those inside corporations who are pondering whether entrepreneurship and business ownership is for them.
1: OK, great. Um, and let me just say parenthetically, if you're an entrepreneur or even pondering being one and you join us, <laughs> in other words, us entrepreneurs, you. Um, you'll be on a, a, a journey. You'll, you will be on an adventure. It's going to take you, uh, many, many, many fabulous places. You're going to have, uh, seas that are becalmed. You're going to have seas that are roiling and boiling, but you will know that you have been on the adventure of your life. So having said that,
0: I couldn't agree what, with you more. That's beautifully beautiful.
1: <laughs> <said>. <laughs> so, um, I distilled as best I could, Molly, from wisdom traditions. Um, And by that, I mean all kinds of uh, wisdom traditions, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, uh, Judaism, uh, Islam. And I, I kept saying, well, what do these wisdom teachings tell us about success? So the definition that I uh, I was that I distilled and it took me about eight years to do this uh, is that uh, success is doing what we said we would do consistently with clarity focus ease and grace now consistently means you do it and when you don't see you're doing it You do it. In other words, there'll be times when you're not doing what you said you would do consistently. You just simply tell the truth and then start doing it. Clarity is being clear about what is important to you. You know, the work that SOAR does, being clear about your vision and your mission at the Academy for Coaching Excellence. We talk about being clear about your life's intentions and your personal values. And being clear about the goals that are uh, really warm your heart and nurture your spirit—not the things you have to do or ought to do, but what is it that you you love to do? Focus means learning how to focus upon what's important to you, because we become so bombarded, Molly, with so much information now—even even more than before. You know, um, it's been said that. Uh, there is more information in the Sunday New York Times newspaper than a person at the end of the 19th century needed to know in their whole life. Mm. And so how do we become clear about the infra- information that we want to focus upon to bring about the transformation we seek? And so learning how to focus, which is one of the things we teach, can bring about a stillness where you see exactly what is yours to do. And ease means, uh, and, 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 and sometimes people abhor this until they really get it in their own lives, taking small, sweet steps. Because, you see, many of us, try. we, we, we promise more than we know we can humanly do. And at the end of the day, we are so dissatisfied because we know in our hearts that uh, we didn't make authentic promises. And an authentic promise is something that I will do. I'm going to do it. And sometimes you can work hard with ease. You know, I have a, I have a friend who's a sculptor and uh, he, he works in marble. And one day I remember seeing him and he was covered with this marble dust, Molly. And and I said, well, how do you like what you're doing? He said, oh, I love it. He says, I work so hard, but there's a sense of ease because I'm doing exactly what it is I love to do. So ease also stands for a bit of elegance because when we are struggling, when we are driven, when we are worried, uh, anxious, um, it's very difficult to Uh, to be elegant, and I mean elegant in in the real richness of the term, Um, uh, full-bodied and full of value. And then grace. And what do the wisdom traditions say about grace? Well, grace is an unearned blessing, and the pathway to grace is gratitude. And virtually all of the wisdom traditions tell us that that to replenish our soul, that is important for us to learn to be grateful for everything that is on our path. And Dag Hammerschild, who was uh, the second se- secretary general of the United Nations, he had this wonderful saying, he said, For everything that has been, I say thank you. Mm. And to all that is yet to be, I say yes. Now, that to me is the very definition of grace. Beautiful. And uh, at that moment, you see, when you become grateful for what is in front of you, uh, there is a transcendence. There's a sense of being much bigger than your doubts and worries and and, uh, fears and anxieties. So in a way, one of the things that we teach at the academy is um, tools for transcendence, for really doing it, not just talking about it, not just having good ideas about it, but like, no kidding, um, at any given moment, am I going to focus on my grievances or upon gratitude? Mm-hmm. So that's just a very short definition of success. When you work with me, Uh, I promise you, you you get a much more in-depth experience of what these four um, principles are. But that's what I called from wisdom traditions, and that's what I've been teaching now for uh, 30 years. And um, when people apply the principles as we teach them, their lives uh, transform, and they see—and this is the whole thing— they see a way to do exactly what they came here to do, what, what their heart and soul are crying out for them to do.
0: That is so beautifully stated. I, I love how you speak and the terms that you use. And one thing that I did want to touch upon is this, this word resilient, resiliency. Can you talk a little bit about that? How do you cultivate being resilient, um, and how important is that um, on the hero's journey?
1: Absolutely. You know, you see, uh, you see resilience um, in in many different in many different forms. Um, some of the best uh, films that are out that we all love, if, if we look. We see that the hero, uh, and and I incidentally I use the word hero for for men and women, that the hero, what we admire is their ability to continually return to what's important, to continually sink back into what am I here for, and out of that, gathering the strength and in many ways the 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 divine insights that will have us stand up yet once again and take that next step forward so resilience has to do with our ability to bounce back during times of adversity not giving into a a very basic instinct that we all have molly um Uh, neurophysiologists now are calling it the negativity bias, which is a tendency of our brains because of evolution uh, to first assess what is wrong, to first assess what could go wrong, to assess the problems. And uh, this negativity bias kept us alive in prehistoric times because it's shown that our brain is about a hundred thousand years old. We haven't changed that much. And a hundred thousand years ago, when we, when we wanted to go forth in life, like out of our caves to get breakfast or what have you, the first thing that we would search for with our brains is where is the next predator? Where is the next difficulty? And how do we shift from that natural tendency to Catastrophize what's in front of us to the question, what is this teaching me that I can bring to others? How will what I'm going through help other people? How will it contribute to the other, uh, to other people in my life, in the world? What can I learn? And in so learning, be able to offer up a bit of wisdom to others, and that's that's true resilience. It's that bouncing back, and and for leaders, for example, it's uh, being hit with some sort of an economic blow, and after uh, the first few minutes of hyperventilation, of course, beginning to ask, uh, well, what can we learn from this? What can I learn from this? How will this contribute? Whenever you ask that question, how will what am I going through contribute to my life or the lives of others? The minute you do that, and I mean the very minute, Molly, you are bouncing back.
0: Now, beyond resilience, what happens when us entrepreneurs have so much going on in our minds. You mentioned a few times about the monkey brain and being a visionary, we have so many ideas that are going on in our heads um, what about the shiny object syndrome? How do we, <laughs> how do we keep from being distracted? And what are some of the methods and techniques, just some examples of how you've been able to work with these beautiful minds and help them get back to what's important? Because it is very easy when you're a visionary and when you're creative to have so many different interests and ideas going on at one
1: time. Yes well there's there's a couple things you you've you've mentioned so much in this question and I love it I I love the way you think oh, thank you <laughs> no really it's very very so creative it's like uh, you offered me a bouquet <laughs> and so which flowers shall I show I, I look at first um the first thing that to know is that it it is not monkey brain Believe it or not, it's monkey mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, monkey brain reminds us of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> <My days>. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, monkey mind, uh, as a Buddhist term, that aspect of the mind that is always chattering at us as it swings from doubt to worry and back to doubt again. You know, there are ways to notice when you are acting in accordance with your monkey mind, and therefore uh, not having clarity or focus or ease or grace, being bombarded with lots of uh, ideas, the first thing to do is to ask yourself the question. This is very pragmatic, okay? Uh, The thoughts I'm thinking right now, do they create an opening like all is well, or do all these thoughts cause me to tighten up? I, I want you to use your body as a, a visceral map of what uh, the quality of the counsel you're listening to because monkey mind is insistent. It's, uh, if you don't do this, life is going to end. Um you know, like for me, when I signed that $35,000 check, it was, uh, it's going to go away. He's going to give it to someone else. I'm not going to get my fair share. Uh, I never get my fair share. Uh, there are, you know, am I, am I comparing myself to others? Um, there are a host of monkey mind, uh, symptoms that you can, uh, that you can look at But the bottom line is that each of these symptoms give you a sense of dis-ease. And uh, it's like a jumble in your head. And you can even get a headache from it. You can tense up. So what is the quality of the conversation you're having? The second is turning to a way of accessing your voice of wisdom so that you can uh take action that is informed by what it is you truly love. Now, uh, I, I have a tool, Molly, and, and I know we were, we were going to talk about this at some point, but I think it's useful to, to talk about it now. Yes. I, I have a tool that people can use if they want to. So yeah, if you're interested in seeing what your voice of wisdom has to say to you, about your life, uh, go to acecoachtraining.com. That's A-C-E coachtraining.com, one word, um, forward slash blueprint. And you're going to access our free life blueprint guide. And um, Uh, Once again, it's acecoachtraining.com forward slash blueprint. And the life blueprint guide is something that's informed by your voice of wisdom. You begin to see what it is you truly are here, are here to, to do and to be. For example, uh, life's intentions sound like this, to be uh, physically fit and healthy. To be financially successful, to be a contributor to my community, to be an adventurer, to be a loving family member, to be well-educated, to be spiritually developing, to be a well-respected author, to be a successful entrepreneur. How do some of these sound, Molly? Uh, inviting, Inspiring optimistic
0: um all those things come to mind um and part of me wants to ask for more details
1: (laughs) yes and so part when when you go to the life blueprint guide and i'll give you a little more details right now though when you go to this you will uh, be given the opportunity to answer your life's intentions inventory where there are about i think 24 life's intentions that are listed that sound like pretty much along the lines that I was just telling you and you can rate them from one to five with one being it's that's not so much important to me right now and five means yes this is important to me right now this lights up my life I love it whether you're currently doing it or not but you fill out the life's intentions inventory and then we give you a way to map some of your more important life's intentions on this wheel. And for each intention, uh, looking at some promises for things you're going to do to bring that intention into physical reality. And when you see this you see that the whole thing is informed by your voice of wisdom and not your monkey mind. And people have done this. You can you uh, you print it out. You can carry it along with you. You can make a lot of different prints and put them in different places in your house or your office or both. But you see, the most important thing, the most important thing, is to begin to gently, but firmly. Train your brain to focus on your voice of wisdom. Train your brain to focus on what's important to you, what is good in your life. And that brings me to a whole other thing that you and I could spend another hour on, Molly, which is yes, we do have the capacity to train our brains. You have the capacity to gently and firmly train your brain to look for possibilities rather than problems, openings.
0: I think that just means you have to come back on to talk specifically about brain training. (laughs) 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 Because that is a very interesting topic, um, how our brains work how we can drive and help it pivot, how we can reshape our patterns and perspectives and have a new way of being and living and thinking. It's fascinating stuff, and I think it's worth um, an entire hour of just that topic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Mm, I think so. I think so, too. I'm, I'm wanting to give our listeners as much information as possible regarding who they are, what they're up to, and, um, and how they can have the life that, that they truly love to have, the one in which they can say, I am doing exactly what I came here to do.
0: Well, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Can you please share with our audience how they can learn more about your academy, how they can uh, reach out to you and learn about your different programs and offerings?
1: Absolutely. Um, If you go to acecoachtraining.com, that's A-C-E, acecoachtraining.com, you can see all of our offerings. You you can see a lot about who we are, what we're up to. And uh, to let people know, we don't just certify coaches. We are an ICF uh, uh, accredited institution, but we give everyone coaching skills because when you use coaching skills, if you're a manager, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, you can learn to bring out the best in other people. So, uh, that's what we want for you. And also we have programs in which you can truly see your life's calling and see how to put it into physical reality. My, um, the bottom line for me, Molly, the bottom line is that I, uh, I don't give anyone something to do that I haven't personally tried out myself at least three times and found it to be working. So what we give you are not good ideas, you know, like uh, it would be a good idea for you to look at this. It's no, 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 wait. If you do what we're suggesting, uh, it will work and you'll see it. It's almost like a scientific uh, premise. So uh, go on to that website. If they want to get a hold of me, they can go to Maria at MariaNemeth.com. Maria at MariaNemeth, that's M-A-R-I-A-N-E-M-E-T-H dot com. If uh, they have a question, maybe they're looking for a coach to help them. But any way that I can support people, uh, and, and if I can't personally, there are other people on my staff who will. But that would be a good gateway, Maria at MariaNiemuth.com.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Oh, thank you, Molly. I, I'm uh, blessed to have spent this time with you and to know about your commitment and your purpose, because I see you doing it.
0: Well, it's uh, like you said, when you know that you're on path, you just know it. You wake up knowing that you're being exactly where you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to be, and with the people that are there to help do the work that you want to be able to support them in doing their work. So community building is very important for all of us to live our legacies out individually individually but powerfully together. So thank you for being part now of our SOAR community network hmm. and inviting us into yours. Uh, uh, my honor. You're, you're also going to be, um, be emailed about getting you back on here for the next <laughs> for the next podcast okay so just yeah. be on the lookout for that again thank you so much for your time and to our listeners thank you so much for your loyalty thank you so much for being a part of our community our tribe and we will be speaking to you very very soon take care everyone thank you for tuning in to another episode of soar podcasts Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.